0: Hi, everybody. I traveled yesterday to New York, and while I was on the way, the news broke that Ned Roram had died. I featured him on this episode and mentioned that he had just celebrated his birthday a few weeks ago because I did not yet know of his passing, but I will be covering that in next week's episode. So I just wanted to give you a heads up about that. Lots of love to you all. Greetings from New York and rest in peace, Ned Roram. Before the episode starts, I just want to remind you again that I keep a very active Patreon page, and just this past week, I produced two bonus episodes, one on Grace Bumbry singing Lida, and the other, a further exploration of the extraordinary voice and artistry of the Mexican contralto, Oralia Dominguez. If you want to listen to those episodes, please become a supporter of the podcast on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com countermelody and there you can pledge your support either monthly or yearly and you can then partake of all of the episodes that I have posted there for my Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much. And now it's time to celebrate some birthdays. Welcome to Counter Melody, the podcast on great singers and great singing. Each week, you will encounter me, Daniel Gundlach, as your host, guiding you along a magical route that will bring us closer to the voices of those singers that most enchant and transform us, no matter what else is going on in the world out there. Thank you for joining me on that path. And now, this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Let it never be said that I throw together episodes. Okay, today I'm throwing together an episode. But I have an excuse. I'm traveling tomorrow. I'm going to be gone for three weeks. I've been trying to arrive at a calculus on how to produce an episode that was going to take less effort than usual. Well, I didn't quite manage that, but nevertheless, I think I have a really fun episode for you. I'm going to be gone for a few weeks, and I thought that birthday episodes for November and December would be a nice way to keep you guys entertained. It is, however, not a way of reducing the time or effort that goes into producing an episode. Never mind. I have for you this week... A wonderful collection of singers, all of whom celebrate their birthdays in the month of November. There was such a vast number of such singers that I had somehow to come up with a manageable number of names. Well, how was I going to do that? I decided that I would just do women because, you know, I'm a big opera queen. We love our divas, right? But even so, I had to leave out a lot Of singers from my list. So as the youngsters say, don't at me because your favorite is not there. I'm sorry. I had to leave off a lot of my favorites too, but nevertheless, I think it's a really fun episode. I'm going to give you the briefest of introductions to each of these artists and the music that they are serenading us with today. Here's the first one, born appropriately enough on the 1st of November in the year 1923. This is Victoria de Los Angeles, and she is singing one of her most beloved encore numbers, Clavelitos, by the composer Joaquin Valverde. This is an early recording of de Los Angeles made in the year 1949 with Gerald Moore at the piano.
1: Los doy con los ojos cerrados y que traigo en el cesto apreciado, modesto, rojos y pintados. Clavelitos de la diosa dorada. Clavelitos que vienen de. i que going para ti y que tiene and that presencia, the essence, verá en mí. that you will see in me. Potencia, potencia, que ya sabe usted. Si tú me quieres, mi niño, cariño, yo te daré un clavelito bonito, y verás que bien marchamos si estamos juntos en un rinconcito. Si tú me quieres, el rano del alma, yo te quiero más a ti, mi cañí, y todos los clavelitos bonitos, todos serán para ti. Si tú me quieres, errado del alma, yo te quiero más a ti, mi cañí, y todos los clavelitos bonitos, todos serán para ti. Todos son para ti, para ti, para ti.
0: Here's a beloved singer whose birthday comes up in just a few days, on the 20th of November. This is that extraordinarily enterprising and versatile singer Barbara Hendricks. She made a big splash over here in Europe, and though she, of course, also had enormous success in her native United States, it's really in places like France that she is most celebrated. So what better thing to present to you than a quintessentially French number from an Offenbach operetta? This is from his La Vie Parisienne, the really tongue-twisting number, Autrefois Plus D'un Amant. This recording's from 1992, and it features Lawrence Foster leading the Philharmonia Orchestra.
1: And
2: we come on
0: With the light music for a bit, we shall now hear an excerpt from Emmerich Kalman's perennial favorite, Gräfin Maritza. This is one of its hit tunes, Zakia, ja, mein Lieb, Zakia. Ja. And the singer that we shall hear is soprano Sarah May Endick. She was born on November 20th, 1923, and died. At the age of 45, on the 12th of June, 1969, I was reminded of her recently by a friend and devoted listener who asked me if I might put something together about her. She really was an extraordinarily gifted singer, and she worked very closely with Robert Shaw, with George Sell, with Leonard Bernstein, and with Erich Leinsdorf. Sadly, her death was by suicide. Upon learning of her death, George Zell wrote, What a shame about Sarah May. Poor thing. She must have dreaded something more than death. What could it have been? We shall probably never know. There are not so many recorded documents of her singing, but there are a few. And one of them was an album that she made in 1968 with the conductor Andre Kostelanitz of Viennese Favorites of which this is one so let us celebrate and commemorate Sarah May and
2: Dick
0: One of the biggest names in opera was born the 7th of November 1926. That's Joan Sutherland. And what more is there to say? One hears that name, and immediately La Stupenda echoes in one's mind. I'm a big admirer of Joan Sutherland, without being someone who is blind or deaf to some of her flaws. But I found a 1958 recording, one of her earliest studio recordings, and one in which her voice just flows so gorgeously, it was made for a very small record company called Belcanto Disc, and it features her husband, Richard Bonning, on the piano. This is an aria from Louis Bohr's Zemira und Azor, here translated into Italian Candida Rosa. This is Joan Sutherland in the first flush of youth and just on the threshold of that earth shattering career. Yay. Here, on the other hand, is another soprano of whom you are probably less likely to have heard. That is the Italian dramatic coloratura Caterina Mancini. For a number of years, primarily in the 1950s, she had a starry career, including appearances both in Italy and in the United States, but eventually health problems led to her retirement from the stage. When Italian radio broadcast a large number of Verdi's operas in commemoration of the 50th anniversary of his death, Mancini was the lead soprano in many of them, including Nabucco. Ernani, Attila, Trovatore, Aida, and this one, certainly one of his least familiar works, La Battaglia di Legnano. Most, if not all, of these were reissued on the Cetra label. And we're going to hear a very short excerpt of one of the heroine Lida's arias. This is Quante volte come un dono, and Fernando Previtali leads the Orchestra Sinfonica di Roma della Rai. One of the ongoing themes of Season 4 of Countermelody is 20th century opera. That's an enormous topic. I'm choosing, when I do feature such work, to focus in on works and composers with whom you may be less familiar. That is probably true of the work that we're going to hear excerpted right now, Aniara, a space opera by the Swedish composer Karl Birger Blondahl. This was composed to a libretto by the Swedish author and poet Erik Lindegren, and the work is based on a space epic by the Swedish writer-poet and former sailor Harry Martinson, a book length epic poem, also called Anyara, that tells the story of a large spacecraft of intergalactic colonists who have escaped the destruction of Earth and now whose spacecraft is veering off course. It has left the solar system and entered into an existential void. The opera was first premiered in May 1959 and was described by the composer as a review about man in time and space. There is an element to this piece that represents the dance on the volcano, and in the second scene of the work. There is a celebration of Midsummer, in the midst of which the spacecraft flies off course. This mad escapist intoxication is exemplified by the character named Daisy Doody, who was a dancing girl from Earth, which is called Doris and who babbles on incomprehensibly in the slang of her former hometown, which no one else on the spaceship can understand. But her craze for dancing and her devil-may-care enthusiasm has won her a certain celebrity on the spaceship Aniara. This is a portion of Daisy Doody's scene that takes place on Midsummer Eve. This is a recording from the year 1960, which features primarily the cast of the world premiere. One of those singers is the very interesting Cherston Dellert, was born on the 4th of November 1925 and died on the 5th of March 2018. Daisy Judy was no doubt her most famous role, but more than 20 years after her retirement, she also appeared as Maria Callas in Terence McNally's play Masterclass. That's an awfully long introduction. Here is this fascinating excerpt from Blomdahl's Aniara. Thank uh-huh. you.
3: We need this one, it's for
2: the can
3: me this for the day. have give me
0: In complete contrast, here is the alto aria from Bach's Magnificat Esurientes sung by the sublime Marietta Simpson, who celebrated her birthday on the 15th of November, just a couple days ago. I was so privileged to have Marietta as a colleague of mine when I sang decades ago now in the Minnesota Opera production of Giulio Cesare. She portrayed an extraordinary Cornelia in that production, and here she sings probably the most mellifluous esurientes that I have ever heard This is a recording that was made and released in 1989 with Robert Shaw conducting the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra
2: Esuliente.
0: religiosity of Bach, we now turn to a celebration of the otherworldly. The song is Mendelssohn's Neue Liebe, a depiction of the elves cavorting in the moonlit forest. The poet observes them from a distance, and the queen of the elves notices him, smiles to him, and nods at him. Was this an announcement of new love appearing on the horizon, or was it harbinger of death. The singer we hear on this 1958 recording is the naturalized Swiss soprano, Hungarian-born Maria Stader. I featured her earlier this year on my Swiss Misses and Misters episode. Stader was born on the 5th of November, 1911, and died in Zurich, on the 27th of April 1999. During World War I, young Maria Molnar and her younger sister were taken to Switzerland by the Salvation Army. To recuperate after being diagnosed with malnutrition. After several months back and forth and further serious illness, young Maria was finally adopted by a family named Stader. It's possible that these early health deficiencies were responsible in part for her very short stature. She studied in Milano with Giannina Arangi Lombardi and became celebrated particularly as a recording and concert artist, appearing on many complete recordings on the Deutsche Grammophon label, including numerous ones conducted by her fellow Hungarian compatriot Ferenc Fritschai, whom we heard last week on the Oralia Dominguez episode, conducting an excerpt from Carmen.
2: Lächeln, the mirror, the
3: kühnen,
0: We shall hear the beloved slovak soprano lucia Pop, who was born on the 12th of november 1939 and died at the age of only 54 in munich on the 16th of november 1993 at the beginning of her career she sang roles such as Zerbinetta and most famously queen of the night her voice naturally developed from a light coloratura to a lyric coloratura to finally a more jugendlich, dramatisch kind of sound. It's a later recording of Pulps that we're going to hear right now. This is a song by Franz Schreker. We've heard a little bit of Schreker recently, both Helen Donath singing an excerpt, from a fascinating orchestral song that Schreker wrote to a German translation of Walt Whitman's poetry and also on my Halloween episode an intriguing excerpt from his Oper der Schmied von Gent this is from a recording that Lucha Pop made in 1991 with the American pianist Irwin Gage just 2 years before her untimely death from brain cancer it featured songs by Schönberg, Fitzner, Strauss, Zemlinsky, and Schrecker, and it was called Jugendstil-Lieder. And this is the song Rosentot, composed to a text by Dora Lane. You red rose in the shimmering vase, wilt your way towards death. You breathe out your last fragrances, the sighs of your soul, and you dissipate in purple lament because it was not love that plucked you Hear a wonderful performance by the Australian soprano Yvonne Kenny, who celebrates her birthday on the 25th of November. I'll never forget that when I was singing with the drag opera company La Granchena in one of the London seasons in which I performed with a group, that she came to one of the shows, and she was so admiring of my voice, and she put the idea into my head that I could be not only a singer performing mezzo-soprano roles in drag, but also a legitimate countertenor. So I always remember her with great gratitude and with that personal connection. This is a song from the marvellous song cycle by the British composer William Walton called A Song for the Lord Mayor's Table, and this is the poem by William Wordsworth, Glide Gently. It was premiered in 1962 for the first City of London Festival. The pianist here is Malcolm Martineau, and the recording is from 1992. And I must say that Miss Kenny sings here with such delicious mellifluousness, and yet with also a wonderful response to this beautiful text. Next, we shall hear a song by the great American composer Ned Roram, who recently celebrated his 99th birthday. This is one of two settings of the Theodore Rethke poem, The Apparition, that appears in Roram's fascinatingly structured 1965 cycle, Poems of Love and the Rain, in which each Song Chosen receives two different musical settings, each reflecting back on itself, with the ninth song acting as a reflecting mirror. Thus, the apparition appears as both the fifth song in the cycle, and then in a completely different setting as the 13th song as well. It was recorded twice with the composer at the piano, and we're going to hear an excerpt from the second recording from the year 1969, which features the American mezzo-soprano Beverly Wolf, who lived from November 6th, 1928, through August 14th, 2005. She had an enormously eclectic repertoire, including the role of Dinah, in an early televised broadcast of Bernstein's Trouble in Tahiti, which she also recorded. She went on to sing a wide variety of other roles, including Sesto in Handel's Giulio Cesare, in that legendary production produced by New York City Opera in 1966. In between, she sang everything from Douglas Moore and other contemporary American composers to monteverdi and Handel, Rethke's poem the apparition devastatingly depicts the end of a relationship he took my heart whole with the tilt of his eye and with it my soul and it like to die topic of challenging 20th century song cycles, let us turn to the Sui Generis Cycle, Haravi, Song of Love and Death by Olivier Messien. This is based on a Peruvian legend along the lines of Tristan and Isolde, and it is one of the most challenging and fascinating of Messiaen's works. This is the song that opens the cycle, la vie qui dormait, toi, you, the city that slept. In this recording, we hear the magnificent French soprano Michel Comand, whom we have heard a couple times on the podcast thus far. She's a singer that I admire enormously, and she was born on the 27th of November 1946. And she sang roles as varied as Melisande and Cherubini's Mede. She was also, for many years, the companion of the great Gabriel Bacquier, whose life and career we celebrated a few months back. I believe that was in May. I also featured her on my Peleas episodes again last spring. Messiaen himself was present at these recording sessions which took place in 1978. The pianist is Marie-Madeleine Putty. This next excerpt also features a composer, this time performing his own work. This is Francis Poulenc in a performance of the first of his Trois Chansons de Federico Garcia Lorca. This song is entitled L'Enfant Muet, The Mute Child these settings are from the year 1937, and Poulenc himself was rather critical of the songs, and yet, in the year 1955, he did record them with the French soprano Geneviève Touraine, who, you may remember, was the sister of the baritone Gérard Souzay. She was born on the 20th of November, 1903, and died on the 10th of July, 1982. She premiered the cycle, "Fiancailles pour Rire, of Poulenc, and Suzet himself has said that in their family she was the enormous talent. She is indeed a highly engaging and involved singer, but I might dispute that she eclipses her brother. The child searches for his voice. It is the king of the crickets who has it. In a drop of water the child looked for his voice. I do not want to speak with, I should make a ring of it that my silence will carry to his smallest finger. In a drop of water, the child looked for his voice. The captive's voice, far from there, put on a cricket's costume. Next, we shall hear a very early recorded example of the marvellous Hungarian mezzo-soprano Júlia Hamari, who was born November 21st, 1942, and therefore, on the 21st of November, will turn 80 years old. I've always been an enormous fan of Júlia Hamari, among other things. Her recording of Erbarmedich is used in the extraordinary 1986 film The Sacrifice, directed by Andrei Tarkovsky. Hamari had an enormously successful career, particularly singing Bach and in concert work, but also singing everything from Rossini to Wagner. I heard her at the Met singing Despina many years ago. For years she has taught singing at the Hochschule in Stuttgart. I recently obtained an extremely rare recording that was issued in conjunction with her winning a prize in the Ferenc Erkel singing competition in 1965, when she was only 23 years old. On that recording she sang four of the songs, that were among her selections that she sang in the competition. And I'm going to play you the fascinating song by Zoltan Kodai called Nausicaa. Nausicaa is a character in Greek mythology who appears in The Odyssey. When Odysseus is washed ashore on the island of Phaeisha, Nausicaa, the daughter of the king and queen of the island, rescues him and helps him win the trust of her parents. The implication about Nausicaa is that she was in love with Odysseus, and the two of them may have carried on an affair. The text for this song, written by Aranka Balint, depicts Nausicaa watching Odysseus's ship disappear over the horizon. I am standing on the seashore contemplating the waters. Where did you go and disappear, you stranger who suffered so much? Rising smoke from Ithaca can be seen from here. Your faithful wife embraces you. You forget sadness, suffering, and me as well. Cold wind blows from Ithaca. Did you send it? It makes me shiver. I stand on the seashore. And I envy the dead. Hamari's pianist here is Emmy Varasti, who remained her recital partner for many years. Kodaj, as many of you know, along with his fellow compatriot and composer Bela Bartók, was an ethnomusicologist who assiduously collected Hungarian folk music and often adapted it, as in this next selection. A song called, I don't even know how to say it, Shomaru Fusfanak, or something like this, The Weeping Willow. This is one of a large number of songs that appeared in his collection entitled Hungarian Folk Music, and it is performed here by his dear friend and fellow folklorist Béla Bartók, but it is the singer with whom we are also concerned today, and that is the phenomenal Hungarian contralto Maria Basilides. She was born November 11, 1886, and died September 26, 1946. She was also an opera singer who, in 1932, appeared in the world premiere of Kodai's opera, The Spinning Room. I submit to you that this is an extraordinary voice of deeply compelling timbre, on a level with the great Contralto Oralia Dominguez, whom we heard last week. The sad willow tree, on the thirty-three branches of a sad willow tree, thirty-three peacocks, sat, some in green, some in blue, some all in white, and only my sweetheart in pure black. Next, in keeping with the theme of birds, and also in commemoration of Veterans Day, we shall hear the extraordinary song by Maurice Ravel called Trois Beaux Oiseaux du Paradis, The Three Beautiful Birds of Paradise. This was originally set chorally by Ravel to his own text, And later he made an adaptation of all three of those trois chansons for solo voice and piano. Three beautiful birds of paradise, my love is gone to the war. Three beautiful birds of paradise have passed this way. The first was bluer than the sky. The second was the color of snow. The third was red as vermilion. Beautiful birds of paradise, what do you bring here? The blue one carries an azure glance. The white one carries a kiss, and the third one, the red one, carries a loving heart, flushed crimson, and the narrator responds, ah, I feel my heart going cold, take that with you as well. The singer here is that beautiful Canadian artist Pierrette Allary, born November 9th, 1921, and died in her 90th year, the 10th of July, 2011. She was also the wife of the French-Canadian tenor, Leopold Simoneau, but as can be heard in this excerpt, recorded in 1958 with the pianist Alan Rogers, she was a singer of extraordinary gifts. The naturalness of her delivery, the way that the music of the language informs her inflections is such a deeply moving thing to hear. Now I am going to use that same theme of the birds to take us into the pop realm. First, I'm going to play for you the American singer, songwriter, and extraordinary pianist, Shy Coltrane. She was born on November 6th, 1948. She was a much bigger star in Germany and the Netherlands than she was in her native United States. I first discovered her when I heard Dusty Springfield singing a song that she had written called Turn Me Around. That led me to explore Coltrane's work and to marvel at what an extraordinary singer-songwriter she was and remains For only a few years back, I think I subscribed to her newsletter, and I got news at the last minute that she was going to be appearing just north of Hannover. And I did something the like of which I normally would (laughs) never do. I dropped everything, I bought a ticket, I went all by myself, and I went and listened with a bunch of aging hippies. To shy, perform in a place called, I think it was the Blues Garage. I met her afterwards. I got her autograph. I bought a collection of her recordings. She was just as nice as she could possibly be, and she is a dynamic performer. What I'm going to play for you right now is a snippet of a song called Fly Away Bluebird from her second album, which was released in 1973.
2: Gonna see him just for a time. Gotta wait till the spring sunshine. Oh it's all gonna be so fine. Till it comes to the winter time. Oh! no comes oh, He can what he do He's my blue. Oh, He can what he do
0: Sticking with the 1970s Here's another singer who had that wonderfully gritty voice, who also composed a song that I know that you know. This is the singer Bonnie Bramlett, who on November 8th turned 78 years old. Early on in her singing career, she became the first white Ikeette in the Ike and Tina Turner Review. She was just a stand-in for one of the singers who had briefly quit the group. In 1967, she met and later married the musician Delaney Bramlett. Together, the two of them performed as Delaney and Bonnie. Under that name, they toured with acts like Eric Clapton and George Harrison. With the singer-songwriter Leon Russell, Bonnie Bramlett co-wrote the song Superstar, which was initially called Groupie. She's one of those singers who's been through it all, but who continues to make music. This version of Groupie, or Superstar, is from the final album that she did with her then-husband, Delaney Bramlett, in 1972. (laughs) ¶¶
2: a and i can hardly wait to sleep with you again.
0: just talking about Tina Turner. Oh my god. On November 26th, Tina turns 83 years old. I know that's hard to believe, but she is, let's face it, just ageless. I have loved her for so long. There's nobody like her, and I'm going to play you her version of I Want to Take You Higher. This is from when she was still performing with her then-husband, Ike Turner, and yes, the Ike cats as well. The recording's from 1970, and she is on fire. Another extraordinary and instantly recognizable singer is the great Canadian pop singer-songwriter KD Lang, who was born November 2nd, 1961. It appears that KD Lang has more or less left music behind at this point in her life, but when she was out there doing it, there was no greater voice in pop music. I really believe that. Anyway, from her 1997 album Drag, here is the theme from The Valley of the Dolls, a co-composition by Andre Previn, with words by his then-wife, Dory Langdon Previn. I think these words are gorgeous. I think Katie Lang nails this song. I just love her so much, and I know that a lot of you do too.
2: off of this rock
0: Are celebrating Canadian singer-songwriters, there is no greater than Joni Mitchell, who on November 7th celebrated her 79th birthday. I remember so well when I discovered Joni Mitchell's Blue Album. It was my first boyfriend and his sister, with whom I used to sit in the music lounge at Ripon College and they would serenade me with songs from that album. It remains my favorite of Joni Mitchell's albums, although everything that she has done is so extraordinary and so worth deep examination. I'm just going to play you the final verse of my favorite of her songs, A Case of You from 1971's Blue.
2: (laughs) She said, go to him, stay with him if you can, but be prepared to bleed.
0: Here's another singer who, on November 8th, turned 73 years old. That same month, she released her latest studio album. That is Bonnie Raitt. I can't say enough about her. I did a big episode on her father as part of my Broadway series a couple summers ago. She occasionally writes her own material, but she is most extraordinary, I submit to you, as an interpreter of the work of other composers, including this one by her dear friend, the late John Prine. This is a performance of Angel from Montgomery that took place at the Billboard Awards in Los Angeles this past March. She shares the stage with Jackson Brown, who sings harmony with her. This is the final verse only of Angel from Montgomery.
3: There's flies in the kitchen. I am there buzzing. I ain't done nothing since I woke up today.
2: How the heck can a person Go to work in the morning, come home in the evening, hell nothing to say, make me an angel that flies from Montgomery. Buster
0: dedication at the end of the song cuts straight through to my heart. And it reminds me that there are so many civilians in Ukraine who have lost their homes, who have been displaced, who are still in a war-torn land. And therefore, to close off the episode, I'm going to play you a song which was a calling card of the great Italian coloratura soprano Amelita Galli-Curci, who was born on the 18th of November, 1882, and died on the 26th of November, 1963. This is home, sweet home. And as I prepare to travel to my homeland, of course, I'm reminded of that. But always, I also have in my mind those who have lost their homes, who have lost their livelihoods, And not just in Ukraine, but in the global south as well, and so many other places. Let us bear all of those people in mind as we give thanks for all of the great singers that we've heard today, the great music, and the extraordinary voices and performances that sustain us through these difficult times. The song in your hearts. Hi, everybody. I traveled yesterday to New York, and while I was on the way, the news broke that Ned Roram had died. I featured him on this episode and mentioned that he had just celebrated his birthday a few weeks ago because I did not yet know of his passing, but I will be covering that in next week's episode. So I just wanted to give you a heads up about that. Lots of love to you all. Greetings from New York and rest in peace, Ned Roram. I'm Daniel Gundlach.